Good morning. I'm glad to be. I met a few of you as, uh, as uh, you're coming in, and uh, I'm excited to be here with you. First thing I got to do is say thank you. Uh, Southwest Christian Church has supported Point, as Mike said, for a long time. I personally thank you because uh, that's where I graduated from. I, I, I met my wife. She graduated from there. Uh, it's it's uh, My son went there, and he works there now. My wife's brother is Jim Donovan, so we've got a lot of family involvement uh, at, at, at Point University, Atlanta Christian College, and you guys have been a huge part of that for all these years. So uh, I just say thank you, and I get to announce to you, we just received a grant from the Lilly Endowment, $1.25 million. Uh, that's not bad, yeah. Uh, give God a hand. Um, and that's going to be going to help us develop a center for compelling preaching uh, to help uh, preachers get better at what they do. And we're excited about that. And uh, thanks for being a part of what we do uh, through your gifts and prayers and, and sending young people. And, uh, you know, you guys have had great benefit uh, because uh, you, know, you get to hear Craig and, and James all the time, and they're both products. So, again, I say thank you. Anybody ever been to San Francisco? Okay, a few, uh, my daughter lives in San Francisco, okay, and uh, we went out to visit her for the first time when she was moved out there, and uh, there was this thing that we were going to do that I was not thrilled about. We were going to go to the, I, I was really excited about where we were going to go, I wasn't excited about how we were going to get there. We were going to go to the northern side of, uh, uh, of the bay, on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. That meant that I was going to have to drive on that bridge, okay, uh, that is very high above the water. Uh, you can see the, uh, the bridge there. It's a long way up there. Now, you guys may not know this, but back in the mid-50s, there was a windstorm that came through, and it made that bridge toss like it was just a piece of rope in the wind back and forth. They said they corrected it, but they do close the bridge down once the wind reaches a certain amount, okay? Uh, but, but, you know, now, not that I'm nervous about that or anything, but can I just tell you, I wasn't excited about going across that bridge. And then in the mid-80s, they had to replace parts because they were rusting, okay? Uh, they, they started replacing parts, uh, and, and you know, there were parts that they couldn't even see, but they were rusting. And I'm going to drive across that. I'm going to trust my life with that. On top of that, and I've been there for one of these, they have earthquakes there. And I could be on that bridge when the earth began to shake. I knew that I was going to die there. Um, just, you know, but what's on the other side is a lot of beautiful stuff and a lot of great food. So what did we do? We drove across there. I, but it was a matter of, of a moment of trust that, that I had to say that bridge was enough to hold that car up and the other 50,000 cars that were on it while we were there and get us across to the better side, get us away from San Francisco. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today is trust that takes us to, to the place that we want to be, and, and that's a place of blessing. The, the, the second picture you're going to see, this is a picture of my dog, uh, my last golden retriever or black retriever that I had, and uh, she was a pretty incredible dog. She's pretty smart, and what she would do is she would gather up her leash in her mouth when it was time to go for a walk. If she could connect it to herself, she could have taken herself for a walk. Uh, but, but that's what she did. Now, when, I want to tell you about this dog. She was incredible. If you were preparing food, and let's say this keyboard was the, the counter, she would position herself to be blessed. That was right below where you were preparing food. 
smart dog, right? Because something might fall, fall off the counter, and if you turned your back, she might even snag it off the counter. Who knows? Uh, she will also position herself near the dinner table, usually near me, because uh, there might be a blessing there. And uh, sometimes it might be a blessing because the kids didn't like what they were eating, or it might have been a blessing just because I'm an old softy. Okay? But that's what I want to talk to you today about, is how do we have the trust that will get us to where we want to go so that we will be in the position of blessing. This is, this is the sermon in a sentence today. This is if what I want you to understand and know. And if you know this and believe it, when you leave today, you, 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 you will have a different life. So this is the sermon in a sentence. Christ's followers will take God at his word. Christ's followers will take God at at his word. Will you say that with me? Christ's followers will take God at his word. One more time. Christ's followers will take God at his word. We're going to look at the story of Mary in Luke 1. We're going to start about verse 26. You remember Mary? She, she was the mother of Jesus. She was probably a teenager when this was written. And uh, so you can kind of maybe understand that what we read here might have been a little scary as she heard it. So this is from Luke, the, the first chapter, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored the Lord is with you. Now, I've got to stop right there. We haven't gotten to the rest of it yet, but you know what's going to happen. Uh, she's going to be told that she's going to have a baby, and she's, she's, she's got some questions about that. And I'm not sure how highly favored she would have thought of herself at this point. I also want to point out to you there that twice it's mentioned that she's a virgin. There's a reason that that's there, uh, but because it reminds us that God can do the impossible. But then let's continue to read. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. If your teenager comes into the house and they say, don't worry, what do you do? If an angel says, uh, shows up and says, don't be afraid, what am I going to be? I'm going to be afraid. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. This is, this is a little alarming. She says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Okay, this is the favor that, that she's found. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the, the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. You're highly favored. You're going to have a baby. You're not married. You're going to be an unwed mother. All those people are going to stare at you and look at you. But you're highly favored. Whoa. That's, that's, that's probably a little bit rough to hear. And so listen to how Mary responds here. This is how she says, How can this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin, since I have not been with a man? And I got, Gabriel, let, let's have a little talk about biology. Maybe they didn't teach biology where you came from. But there's no way I'm having a baby. Hmm. So Gabriel talks to her and says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, even Elizabeth, your relative, 
is going to have a child in her old age. Now, her, her, her relative Elizabeth was on Social Security. She was past the childbearing age, and, and it's, it's going to be a miracle birth. Is it, is it going to have a child in her old age? And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Okay? Mary reminds her, I'm a virgin. And what does the angel say? Nothing is impossible with God. And in fact, to prove it, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a baby. And she's pretty old. She's on Social Security. There's no way that she should be having a baby. But she is. Now, just think for just a minute. You get this message from an angel. The angel shows up and tells you you're getting ready to have a baby. You're probably 15 or 16. You're not married. What are mom and dad going to say? What's Joseph going to say? What's his mom and dad going to say? What's going on here? What's Mary going to say in all this? I want you to hear her words. This is what Mary says. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. You know what she does right there? She takes God at his word. Christ's followers take God at his word. Christ's followers say, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. Christ's followers say, whatever you say, God, I, I, will, I will do it. Now, if you're like me, you're probably saying, oh, that's a little hard. And don't you think it was hard for Mary that day to say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So I want to kind of walk us through this and unpack it a little bit. And the first thing I want you to remember is that you and I have to heed the call. Can you say heed the call with me? Heed the call. That's where we hear God's word and we put it into our hearts and mind. Now I'm going to tell you right now that angels might not come and speak to you. Uh, God has used all sorts of may, may ways to talk to people. Sometimes he's used visions, okay? Sometimes he's used nature. Sometimes he's used angels. Sometimes he's used other people, prophets. Sometimes he even used a donkey. One time he used a donkey to talk to somebody. And God may not choose to do that, but let me tell you what he does. He talks to us every single day through his word. And, and if you want to hear from God just the same way that Mary did, you pick up God's Word and you read it daily. And you're going to hear things, and He's going to ask you to do things that are just as hard as Mary was asked to do. Because sometimes they're just hard. And so, this is the idea, is that you and I have to get into God's Word. Romans 10, 17 says this, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You see, what happens is that when you and I hear God's Word, it creates faith in us, and faith will always produce action. If we have faith, there will be actions. In fact, Romans 10, I mean, uh, James 2 tells us that faith without actions is dead. So, so heeding the call. Now, she hears what God says to her, and, and she says to herself, is this a credible message? Is this something that I should believe? And I, I have to think as a good Jewish young lady, she's probably thinking, well, an angel came to me. You know, I've read and I've heard stories about angels coming to other people. So, so, so maybe that was true. The second thing she would have heard about were miraculous births. Sarah, who gave birth at the age of 99. So miraculous births weren't out of the question. And then the third thing she would have heard about was the Messiah, that the Messiah was coming. 
And, and when they talked about the throne of David and he would be from the throne of David, she would have recognized that was about the Messiah. And she would have known that that was true. So, so right there, she, she's kind of gone through her mind, an angel, miraculous birth, the Messiah. Maybe this is true. Maybe this is a credible message. And then at that point, can I tell you what you got to do? If you hear God's word and you determine that it is true, then you have to adjust your life to it. You've got to do what it says. Okay, that, that's the only way that it works. Think about that, that, that credible message. If I were to tell you today, I have a million dollars in my pocket, and, uh, and the first person that stands up and quacks like a duck, I'll give them a million dollars. Okay, I, I've got a volunteer. He's wearing a Georgia shirt. That explains that, okay? He'll believe anything. Uh, I pick on everybody. Don't worry. So, so yeah, you know, can I just tell you, a million dollars, if it was here, would stand about this high, okay? Uh, that's $10,100 bills. That's not going to fit in my pocket, okay? So, so number one, the fact that I say I have a million dollars, that's not credible. Uh, the second thing is, if you know me, you know it's not credible that I'm going to give you a million dollars, okay? I'm, I'm just too cheap to do that. But this is what I want you to understand. Mary determines that it's credible, and what does she do? She adjusts her life. You know, this, this is the truth. Is The reason the church is in trouble today is lots of people say that they believe, but few people are living it out. They've allowed it to, 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 to affect their lives. And so we have to adjust our lives, and, and, and that's so important. Henry Blackaby uses a phrase that I like. He calls it, when you hear what God wants you to do and you don't want to do it, you're having a crisis of faith. You, you, you're not real sure that, 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 that he wants you to do it, and you're not real sure that you believe it. But you know what? If you and I hear the Word of God, we determine that it is the Word of God, then the only choice we have is to do what Mary did. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. Wow. That's hard to say. Now, I, I want to kind of throw something here at you, is that you and I, we heed the call. We hear the call. The second thing that we have to do in this is do exactly what Mary did, is we have to trust God. We have to say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And, and, and can I just tell you what? That, that's, that's, uh, that, that's an important statement that you and I have to say. Whenever we hear something that God says to us that we're supposed to be doing, we just say, okay, I'm your servant. May it be to me as you have said. What we're saying is, yes, Lord, I will obey. I've got three verses I want to share with you real quickly because I think these are verses where we sometimes don't say that. Okay, let me read the first one to you. It's from Colossians. 121. And this is a, do we trust God in this? It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you through Christ's physical body, through death, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Let me ask a question here. We've got any saints in here today? Wow. Oh, I got one back here. Okay. One saint. Now, now I, did, I didn't ask if you acted like a saint. I said, are you a saint? Okay. Do you realize what this verse says? Once we were alienated, once we were enemies with God, 
But he made friends with us through the death of Jesus. And now we've been made holy. And the word for holy is sanctified. That's where we get the word saint from. So, so if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are going to be presented before God as holy, and it says without blemish. Now, I, I just got to tell you, that changes everything, doesn't it? We come to church. Why? Because we need to check off. Because if we don't come to church, we might not make it. We put some money in the uh, we, we put some money in, in the offering plate. We will check that off. We we don't have offering plates anymore. I don't know why I said that. In the offering box or, or online somehow. And we begin to check things off. And you know what? That, that's, that's a duty. That, that's when we're, we're told that we have to do it. But when we realize that we are holy and that we are saints and that we have been made, made, made without blemish before God, I begin to live in a different way. I begin to live with gratitude. And when you live with gratitude, it's more attractive. Last night, we were watching our grandkids, and uh, my, my wife told me, I didn't quite tell, me, tell them this right in the same way. I said, we were watching our grandkids, and then I took with the dog for a walk. The dog is a grandchild, too, but we were watching that. And, and I went outside, and there was a bunch of cars and a bunch of people screaming down at the end of the road. I'm pretty sure they were watching the Georgia game. And, and, and you know what I wanted to do? Because they were excited. Because they were rejoicing. Because they, they, they were just having a great time. I want to go down there and join them, okay? My team had already won that day, so I was happy. Uh, I want to go down there and join them. Why? Because they, they were excited. And you know, if you're just checking things off, that's not very exciting. But when you realize that God has made you holy, you know what? It, it, it changes our attitude and we live out of joy and gratitude. So I just want you to ask yourself, when you hear that verse, you say, I am the Lord's servant, and I'm going to accept that holiness that he's given me, and I'm going to live like a saint because of what he's done for me. It'll change your life. It, it's living out of gratitude instead of duty. Let me, let me give you another verse. Maybe, maybe this one's one that, that, that you struggle with. It's in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. What's the command there? It's pretty simple. Go tell people about Jesus. Got that? Did you know that less than 5% of people in the church ever tell somebody about Jesus? That means 95% of the people are saying, I am the Lord's servant. Well, but I don't want to do that. What? That's exactly what we say. Uh, yeah, Lord, that, that's good. Now, now, maybe you're like me, okay? I, and I'll, I'll, I'll confess to you this. Uh, maybe you're like me. Do you ever bargain with God? Anybody here a bargainer? I see some, I see some smiles. This is this is what I say. God, if you want me to talk to my next-door neighbor, land an airplane in my front yard. Okay, so I walk out in my front yard, there's an airplane there. You know what I'm going to say then? Lord, I'm in a 747 because I'm going to bargain with God. But the point is this, is that you and I have one choice. If Jesus is Lord, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. One more verse, and then I'll stop picking on us, okay? 
This one's from uh, Psalm 82. It says, Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless, maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed, rescue the weak and needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Woo! That's a lot of stuff to do. Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless, maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. You know, sometimes people who are poor, they smell. And they're not like me. You, you, you really want me to help them? Oh, and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Well, I've got to deal with wicked people and the weak and needy. Father, you know, they, they, they got themselves in that mess. They can get themselves out of that mess. That's a hard one, isn't it? When we start talking about it. Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me you have said. You know, I will tell you, every time that I've done what that verse says, I've been blessed beyond measure. I've been to Kenya to help kids who lost their parents to AIDS. Blessed like you wouldn't believe. I thought I was going there to be a blessing. Nah, didn't, that wasn't it. I was there to, to do that. I've been into Haiti to make sure orphans were being fed. Got a huge blessing. I've built houses in Mexico. Been to Nepal to train pastors. I, I, I've been to all these places doing that verse. And this is what I'm going to tell you is that it always ends with a blessing. How do we get to that place of blessing? By simply saying what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth who's six months pregnant. And, and we read what, what Elizabeth says to her. It actually says when the two ladies met, the babies jumped in their stomachs. That's called belly dancing, I guess. I'm not real sure. But uh, that, that's what it says. But this is what Elizabeth says to, to Mary. She said, blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Let me read that to you again. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. What Elizabeth is saying to Mary is, you're going to be blessed because you believe what God has said to you. You're going to be blessed because what? You said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So, so this is what I want you to understand. You and I are to heed the call. Then we trust God and then we get to enjoy the blessings. We heed the call. We trust God and then we enjoy the blessings. Mary was blessed. You know what? She had a higher calling. You realize she's probably 15 or 16. She finds herself pregnant. I don't know if she thought of this as a higher calling. But in a small town like she was in, there were people that were looking at her. There were people that were talking about her. There were people that were, were, were gossiping about her and Joseph. And, and, and it was hard. But what she knew, what she knew is that she had a higher calling in God's will. You and I have that same call. What God did through Mary, he wants to do through us because we get to take salvation to other people just like she was bringing Jesus to other people. Not only did she have that, that higher call, but she was going to make an eternal significance. 
an eternal significance, okay? Uh, because she brought salvation to the world in the form of Jesus. Uh, we still talk about her today, don't we? <laughs> yeah, and, and can I tell you what? There are people that are still talking about her. She has had eternal significance. Because Jesus came into this world, you and I will have eternal significance. And you know what? God wants to do the same thing he did through Mary through us, it, it is to have that eternal significance happen through us because we share Christ, the same thing. Uh, it, it, I, I tell you, the thing that amazes me the most is, can you imagine being a 16-year-old, the looks and the stares, the pressure that was there in that little town? But that was only the beginning of the heartache that Mary would have. But my wife and I have been watching The Chosen. I hope, you, I hope you're watching that. It's an internet uh, depiction of the life of Christ. And, and Mary is in there often, and, and the pressure that she has being the mother of Jesus, because he's speaking out against some things, and, and he was making people upset. She, she had something in her extra strong that got her through that. She watched her son be crucified. Can I tell you what was going on there? God was supplying the resources. The blessing was, and the blessing is quite simple, that, that she had everything that she needed to do what God asked her to do. You see, if you and I will heed the call, we'll hear God's message, determine it's credible, and say, hey, I will do it, we trust God, then we enjoy the blessing. And that's how it works. But it comes down to this. Will we take God at His word? Christ followers take God at His word. Christ followers do what God says. Now, that's the message this morning. Pretty simple, isn't it? Christ followers take God at His word. That means we heed the call, we trust Him, and we obey, and then we enjoy the blessing. Now, this is the important part of the message. Now what? Now what? What do you do with this? I, I'm, I'm just going to have a guess here that every single person in this room, from that side over there to this side over there, that's a long way across this room, that every single person in this room has something that's come to their mind while I'm talking that they haven't said to God, I am your servant, may it be me you have said. If I ask for a show of hands today, I bet every hand would go up. It might be that neighbor that, you're, that, that God has been saying, you need to share Christ with them. It might be about money that you need to give. It, it might be about helping around here in some way. It, it, you know, we could go any, down any list. It might be going on a mission trip. It, it, it might be just writing a note to somebody. It might be forgiving somebody. But I will guarantee you, every single one of you in here has, has this in, in your mind. Is, is there something where you're not saying to God, I am your servant. May it be to me you have said. This is what I want to challenge you to do, is to do it. This afternoon, say to God, I am your servant. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm going to trust that you will see me through it. And I'm going to enjoy the blessing of being obedient. It'll change your life. It'll change this church's life. A number of years ago, I had an opportunity to serve at Tomoka Christian Church. If you've ever been in Daytona Beach, it's in Ormond Beach right above there. And, and Joe Pudding is the pastor there, and he just wrote this book called We, Say, we, we Said Yes to God. And let me tell you what this book really says. It really says what I've just told you. 
that church actually believes this, that this is what you do, is that you hear God, you trust God, and then you enjoy the blessings. They have, and this is what it tells you on the front, this is a story of how one church carried the gospel to every nation on the earth. They have missionaries that are in every nation on the earth. Can you imagine that? Okay, this is a church uh, bigger than here, but, but when it started, it was a church of about 50. It runs about 6,000 now. And can I tell you why it is? It's because as a church, as a group of people, they say, we are the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. And, and, and they actually do. This past year, they gave $4 million away to missions. That's a chunk of change. How can you do that? Simply by saying to God, I am your servant, and I will do what you ask. Are you willing to say that to God? Father, boy, Mary challenges us, and we just ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, I just invite you into this place to convict us if there are things that we aren't doing where we're not saying uh, that we're willing to do what you've asked us to do. Father, I just, uh, I ask, Father, I ask that you just work in our hearts right now, that we will, uh, that we will do everything you ask us to do, that we will trust you, and that, Father, we will enjoy the blessings that you have for us. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.